the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Last week we talked about struggle and the refreshing, energizing, and liberating exercise of continually reminding ourselves what is absolutely and foundationally true. We talked about the danger of using our perceptions and our opinions as our spiritual and worldly guides, and we said that God's truth stated in self-talk, prayer, and conversation would allow us to come at all things from a place of quiet power. And we're going to continue in this discussion this week with part two of the series I am calling War and Peace, wherever you are at war, how to find peace so as to bring your best self to bear on the tactical situations of your life where you can make a difference as a Christian warrior. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my very informative wingman. Oh my goodness, I must be informative today, I guess. Yes, tell (laughs) us something new. So, friends, before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views, and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, since the beginning, your children have been bombarded with lies. From the dawn of creation, the devil has twisted, hidden, and attacked your truth, and this continues today. We now live in a world which has no rules, no foundation, and no accountability. Not surprisingly, Lord, we all struggle. Many of us struggle to know your truth. Many of us struggle to feel worthy to come to you in the glare of that truth. Many of us feel hopeless in these dark times, and sometimes we may even struggle to defend ourselves from the lies we tell ourselves. Dear Lord, please be with us today in this conversation. Guide our words, open our ears, and soften our hearts that we may know you, your love for us, and your truth. Strengthen us, Father, and give us understanding to resist evil. Help us to glorify you in all we say and do. In Jesus' mighty name, 
Amen. Amen. So last week we said that in this current world, it is easy to feel angry and anxious. And we said that it helps to just sort through all of the cognitive dissonance by asking what is foundationally simply true. Cognitive dissonance. What is that exactly? Oh, gosh. (laughs) And I'm supposed to be informative today. (laughs) That, um, you know, on a very top level, um, so cognitive is the thinking. And so I'm just going to liken it to kind of muddy thinking, so to speak. Okay. Dissonance. Do you remember in that movie, Princess Bride, uh, there was the guy who kept saying inconceivable. (laughs) And then there was the Spanish guy named Inigo Montoya. And finally, after the guy said inconceivable about 10 times, he looked at him and he said in his Spanish accent, that word, you keep saying it. I do not think it means means what you think it means. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) It's also a movie, The Princess Bride. Um, So cognitive dissonance. There is such opportunity to be trapped in this area between what God says is true and what the world says is true. And we've looked at it for so long, we've become inured to the craziness of the world. And uh, Christy... uh, was talking to me earlier about neuroplasticity and how our brain is malleable and we can become used to things that aren't really healthy or good or real. Well, the way I liken it is you've probably heard the term stuck in a rut. Yeah. That's kind of where our minds can get, our pathways can get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing over and over and over. We talked about that on the last show and getting the same result, but we don't want to move out of that process, that pathway because we feel a little uncomfortable doing that. But in doing that, we make a new pathway and that's called neuroplasticity. I like to say our brains are plastic. Yeah. We don't (laughs) like where we are, but we don't really do anything to change it. We just do a lot of complaining saying, I'm not comfortable in this place. I'm in pain. And then when you say to that person, well, what are you going to do to change it? They say, well, you know, this is how I've always been. And this is what I think is right. And then you look at them and you say, well, what you think doesn't seem to be working. So don't you want to try something else? Like, for example, what God thinks. Right. And and then they tell you what their perspective is on the Bible. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, I'm so uh, frustrated with that because you want to look at the person and say, buddy, you're in pain. And you're busy telling me about all the things in your life that aren't the way you want. And at the same time, you're telling me that your perspective is right. Well, they're coming to you for help. You're offering help in love. Right. They're talking about their war. You're trying to help them get peace. You want the best for them. Right. And then they keep saying, well, but I'm going to hold on to the way that I'm doing it because I'm telling you I want help, but I'm not going to change. And so that can be super frustrating. Intensely frustrating. You know, you can get used to things that you shouldn't ought to get used to. For example, it is October of 2010. I am a team leader just landing in Afghanistan at Combat Outpost Delhi, which the British had been at uh, years prior. And they had this landing zone, which we call in the Marine Corps an LZ, and my whole team is coming in, and there's two helicopters, and they, they touch down on these big round river rocks. And I get off the helicopter and I've got about a hundred pounds on me with my flak jacket and my weapon and stuff. And then I'm carrying a duffel bag because we're going to be there for seven months. And I remember getting off the helicopter and it's dusty and it's incredibly loud. It reeked uh, because, you know, there weren't bathrooms or anything. You just had places where you went. 
And six months later, that place was home. Everything was Mm. cool. It was normal. And what was initially incredibly abnormal... Became normal. Became normal. Yeah. And it was normal to brief a mission, get up at four, and go outside the wire and mix it up with different cultures and in all kind of different ways. And then when I came back to the U.S., that was abnormal. That was abnormal. Yeah. And so when you've heard of uh, people struggling with PTSD, the way I look at it is the dissonance between what is normal and what you perceive as normal, right. what became normal uh, in Afghanistan, and now I return to the U.S., is incredibly abnormal. So there's a, a gap between what's normal for a person in the U.S. and what was normal for me as a guy returning from Afghanistan. And in that gap was suffering and pain. Right. And so I think it's very much the same for Christians because we are spiritual beings living in the world. We are meant to live in the spirit and not the flesh. And we're meant to focus on the things of heaven and eternity, not the things of this muddy world with all the lies and uh, uncertainty from one day to the next. Well, think about your story and you may not realize it, but each and every moment they're pulling God out of school uh, they're pulling God out of, you know, um, government, government The you know, um, our, our monuments, things like that. We, right. it's just slipping away ever so little. And so how, we're forgetting. And if you're not in the word on a daily basis and you're not surrounding yourself with fellow Christians and you're not intentionally feeding your brain, which is the right. rewiring of the brain with this information, you'll get stuck in that. What? Right. And it will seem normal. And all of a sudden, you've forgotten what was normal before. Absolutely. And you know what? It it happens to the very best people with the very best intentions. You do anything for 21 days, and it becomes a habit. And you do it for longer than 21 days, and it can uh, become very much permanent in the neural pathways that you have mapped in your brain. They call it, in, in some ways, this may not be the exact example of it, but imprinting. So when you're with a person for a long time in your life, and you know, I work in divorce, and that divorce happens, that person is kind of imprinted, imprinted on your life. With that, yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you a quote from a person, and Christy and I have been arguing about how you pronounce this guy's <laughs> Not name. Not arguing, just discussing. <laughs> okay, so I speak German, and this guy is German, but he's been living in Canada, and so apparently he's adopted a different way of saying his name or people in Canada don't know how to pronounce his German name. But he is a guy who is famous for understanding the here and now. And his name is, and I'm going to use the German pronunciation, Eckhart Tolle, because it's spelled T-O-L-L-E. So that's how you'd say it in German. But Christy uh, saw where people were pronouncing it uh, Eckhart Tole. And that's bizarre to me. And uh, this is my radio show. So we're going to pronounce it Eckhart Tola. And he had a quote on suffering and this very subject. Okay, Christy's giving me a bad look here. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I, I think the other thing I shared with you in trying to research and trying to figure it out, I, I told you I didn't want to say it wrong. So I right. was trying to do a little research, but I found from this person, you may have heard of this person, Ramdas, and he said, that he probably doesn't care 
how it's pronounced. He's so in the moment and in the now and present that these right. things are not not a big deal. Is that the most amazing thing? That is actually that's the important. It's thing. worth having this argument just so you can get to the place where you say, "Well, I'm focused on the moment, so you can call me Ted, you can call me Fred, you can call me whatever you want." Well, just I, to get you to say that. Okay, there, <laughs> there you, go. you go. So, in regard to this place, Eckhart Tolle said, "Much suffering." Much unhappiness arises when you take each thought that comes into your head for the truth. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so everything that comes into your head, you think it's true. Right. Kind of like a lot of young kids nowadays where, hey, I saw it on the internet. So I think it's true. So I think it's true. Yeah. And the next thing, they're functioning with this paradigm, this mental model that we look at as grownups and you say, okay, just hold on a second. Let me understand this. You're entitled to this and you're entitled to that and you think I should give it. How does this work? And it's bizarre to you, but to them, they've been indoctrinated into this way of thinking. Neural pathways have been developed. It's become normal. And for the rest of us, it's completely bizarre. Well, and even at that age, young people, their brain's not fully developed. And and so they're going to so-called wake up at some point as they mature and go, oh, my gosh, I used to. I mean, even think about it yourself. Right. Haven't you, as you've matured over the years, you look back and you're like, how could I have even thought that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually was talking to some young Marines not long ago. Uh, my nephew was graduating from the Naval Academy, and I was talking to some Marine second lieutenants who had just been commissioned with him. They were his classmates. And I told him how proud I was of them, because I think for young people today, we have allowed this world to become very twisted and very confusing. And when I decided to become a Marine, it was kind of easy because President Reagan was in office and the military was getting rebuilt after the 70s. And it was a great place to go and everybody was supportive. And the young people who were making the same decision as I did to join the Marine Corps today are doing it in this environment of cognitive dissonance where they've been told all kind of different things. And so from from my perspective, theirs is a much more courageous decision, and I'm really proud of that. So I guess the thing I want to ask you, Christy, is why aren't we willing to let go of thinking which we can see creates pain and dissonance and look to something fixed and foundational, i.e. the Bible and the Word of God? Why are we so attached to this place of pain? I think ultimately it's because we're trying to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. And our perception is by staying with things as they are, even as, uh, as bad as they may be, that makes us feel safe. And so you think about if you've looked in, um, in the past in history, gas prices have gone up. Um, now there's electric cars, there's gas cars, but gas uh, electric cars, when gas prices go up, Guess what also goes up? Sales of electric cars. So people don't begin to shift when they're, until they're like in such really, really critical pain. But if I can just kind of coast along and complain about it, then I'm okay. But they don't want to get it. So it's that safety kind of mechanism. That is a very interesting thing. And you'll be astonished at what popped into my head while you were saying it is, uh, for those of you who've listened to the show I'm a Marine attack jet pilot. I flew uh, EA-6B Prowlers, 
and now I'm an airline pilot and I'm still in the Marines. And I also had a ground specialty as a combat advisor. But in dogfighting, there's this place you can end up. It's a kind of a stalemate. And it's called a Luffberry, named after a guy named Luffberry. And uh, both airplanes are kind of in a circle. The one's trying to get on the other's tail. The other's trying to get on the first guy's tail. You're both trying to be able to uh, shoot the guy down. And you're like across from each other on the circle. Like if you imagine a clock, one guy's at 12, the other guy's at 6. You're turning in the same direction. Nobody's winning. Nobody's losing. You're just running out of gas. Maybe you're even running out of altitude. But nobody does anything. Mm. And you're afraid of losing, but you're not so afraid of it that you want to win. And so you're stuck in the status quo. Yeah. And it's kind of like what what occurs to me is I told you I was reading in that Stephen Pressfield book on uh, warriors and this uh, Spartan general was asked about courage and he said something like what uh, what is the most important thing that uh, where you get courage and he said something to the effect of disdain for death and I Mm -hmm. thought that that was so incredible because when asked about courage he didn't talk about courage he talked about disdain for death and the thought that popped into my head when I read that was as Christians if We're supposed to love this world, and we're supposed to love the Word of God, and it is supposed to be a refuge, but sometimes we don't seek it because we're trapped in this normalcy, this this perversity that has become normalcy. The safety that we think The safety, kind of a Luffberry, where nobody's winning, nobody's losing, but we are losing. Right. And our kids are losing because their world is becoming more confusing the less we do to defend our world. Right. And so rather than talking about what Christians should be doing in the truth, according to that Spartan general who defined courage as disdain for death, I would say if we can't attach ourselves to God's truth and live that out, at least we can have disdain for the devil's lies. Right. And then if you want to know, well, what is a lie? How do I know? Well, God's truth will tell you. It will lead you to the truth. It will lead you to the truth. Yeah. And it's quite simple. And this is why I was saying um, we got on the subject in the show for two weeks, War and Peace. And this is War and Peace Part 2 because somebody who I was counseling was struggling. And I said, okay, just ask yourself, what is true? And look at the world through that lens. So I'm go- going back to, you can say it. Eckhart Tolle. Thank you. (laughs) I knew that's what you were talking about. The suffering. And so we create our own suffering. So think, for example, that anxiety is we're, we're, we're suffering in our thinking. And the only thing that we can begin to do is change our thinking. It doesn't just happen overnight immediately. And so you're talking about thinking Maybe it's not working to focus on the truth, but if we begin to change our thinking and see the lies, it always leads us to the truth. Right. Uh, In the Marine Corps, we have a saying, uh, which you probably can't really say on radio, but it's uh, embrace the pain is basically what it means. There's another word for pain. Yes. Embrace (laughs) the, Mike, the producer, just his head just whipped around because I think he thought I was going to say something crazy. But Um, it is embracing the pain. What is real, looking at what the, the reality is and suffering is really the, talk about dissonance, 
the difference between what is real and what you think is real. Right. So I guess this is the point. If you can take what God says is true and what God says is real and make that your mantra and make that your doctrine and then just simply live by that. And at the end of every day, uh, you'll say, well, you know what? I wasn't really kind. Uh, That guy parked too close to me and I rolled down my window and told him uh, blank, blank, blank or this. That wasn't kind. God says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, long suffering, patience, etc. And so are my actions producing that? Are my actions producing that? Is my heart producing that? Am I in this place of war and centering myself enough to be able to come at things uh, in peace? And if the answer is no, okay, do better tomorrow. You've got to embrace the the pain of the change. You've got to uh, be willing to go in the spiritual gym of life and do the work. Yeah. And, where we started. <laughs> uh, it comes down to the Word of God. Yeah. So nothing that you see on this planet is necessarily true until you've said, what does God say is true? And then you look at this thing that's happening, and it will quite simply be true or it won't be true. And you will say, I'm not going to do that. And by doing that, re- we rewire our brains bring it full circle. Right. And then it becomes a habit. And 21 days later, it is your habit to do the things of God, as opposed to struggling on this no man's land with the things of the devil. And so uh, Psalm 119 is the longest Psalm and the longest chapter in the Bible. And it has 22 sections that are arranged by letters of the Hebrew alphabet. But the thing that's so totally awesome about Psalm 119 is it is all about the Word of God and the peace that can be found in the Word of God and the refuge and the empowerment uh, that we as uh, Christians can find in the Word of God. And so our moment of truth today comes from Psalm 119, verse 28, and it says this, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. So friends, we're struggling. We're anxious. Um, We're in our own wars and not with peace. Absolutely. And we have to back up to the divine level of the conversation, to the strategic level of the conversation, where we center ourselves in the love of God and the forgiveness of Christ and the opportunity that we have. And with that in our heart, We go out and we do tactical things on the spiritual battlefield at the intersection of our faith and the spiritual world. But your heart has to be right. It's it's what you do, how you do it, when you do it, and the intention, the why. Why are you doing it? And your heart has to be right. Uh, You have to be serving God and you have to be doing it in love so that it comes out right. And that brings us to our quote of the day. It's uh, The author is unknown, but I thought it was so brilliant, I wanted to offer it to you, and it says, The truth is still the truth, even if no one believes it. A lie is still a lie, even if everyone believes it. <laughs> That's so good. And I think that is so important, because uh, a word I love, inured. We have become inured to this world. We have become normalized to the abnormal. We have become normalized to the perversity of boys saying they're girls, girls saying they're boys, marriage being defamed, and all kind of other things. And 
the more we struggle, the more we hear something true in this age of lies, the more centering it is. So in what was originally called the information age, which began in 1970, has now become the disinformation age. And using all manner of media and through his dupes, the devil pushes his fabrications on us at the speed of transmission. So the only true thing is what God says is true. Everything else is worldly, changing, and an often manipulated construction. And that is why the stronger we are in our faith and the more we let go of ourselves, the easier things will be. We can't hang on to the things of this world, the opinions, perspectives, material things, physical things, and all these other things of man. Because man doesn't do a great job of a lot of things. He messes most things up. In that place of man's things, we will suffer. In short, we can't hang on to things so tightly that we won't let Jesus take them away from us. His truth will set us free. Read it, live it, speak it, most importantly, believe it. And that is Courageous Christianity. Should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. And if you want to catch previous episodes, you can do so at kkht.com. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.